Welcome to Mind, Body, and Plate, the podcast all about uncomplicating the emotional side of eating so that you can have a better relationship with food and your body. I'm your host, Norma Fran, and I'm a life coach and integrative nutrition health coach. And I'm also a woman who struggled with food, emotional eating, and my body my entire life. If you're ready to uncomplicate emotional eating and find freedom with food in your body, you are in the right place. Pop in those earbuds and let's go. Well, welcome to episode two of Mind, Body, and Plate. Today, I'm going to dig into this whole concept of emotional eating and try to define it, at least from my perspective, and how I'm going to go about approaching it on this show. So let me just say to start, I'm not a big fan of the term emotional eating. I think it carries a lot of negative connotations. And naturally, we've kind of become a society then that views emotional eating as something bad that we shouldn't be doing or that we have to stop doing. And it comes with a ton of guilt and shame. But it's the best term we have, and it's the one that most people can relate to. So I'm just going to go with it. So emotional eating is not just eating your feelings or mindlessly snacking or devouring a whole tub of ice cream on the couch after a tough day, although those situations might be part of it. Emotional eating is much more complicated than that. It's it's really this intertwining of experiences that shaped our emotional eating behaviors like comfort eating, binge eating, overeating, secret eating, and even dieting. And all of those behaviors play a role in the relationship that you have with food right now. Have you ever had this feeling? One part of you really wanted to just sit down with that pint of ice cream and forget about everything, even if it was just for a hot minute. And then at the very same time, another part of you was just screaming, no, 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 don't do that. That's not allowed. You're going to ruin your diet. Emotional eating is complicated because there are lots of different parts and pieces of it. And sometimes how we're thinking about food and the reasons why we want to eat food really get into conflict with each other. Being an emotional eater is not a simple matter of lacking self-control or willpower, which is how a lot of us think about it, or at least how we try to solve for it when those different parts of us are in conflict. And we tell ourselves things like, I just need to have a little more willpower. Now, I don't know about you, but trying to have more willpower or to willpower my way through a really highly charged emotional situation never worked for me. But here's why. Like I said, emotional eating is complicated and it's upsetting because we feel very much out of control. Willpower doesn't work because emotional eating is a coping strategy. And it's a strategy that gives us relief from those difficult emotions. So if you try to willpower your way through by not eating, you're basically removing the one effective coping strategy that your mind and body knows to use to get some relief. And then what happens? The difficult emotion you're trying to willpower away actually gets stronger and you end up giving in and eating usually more than you would have if you just skipped the whole negotiating with yourself part and just ate the thing that you wanted to eat to begin with. So Trying to control your emotional eating behaviors 
with willpower or dieting harder is not the answer. This is something I'm going to dig into in a future episode. So for now, I just think it's important to recognize that trying to solve for emotional eating with willpower or dieting alone will never work. So let's set the record straight. Emotional eating is not a character flaw or a personal failing. It's not a sign of weakness or a lack of discipline. It's like I said a minute ago, it's a coping mechanism and a very effective one, I might add, that many of us have developed over time to deal with uncomfortable emotions. It's a way to seek comfort, to numb pain, or create a temporary sense of control when all other areas of your life feel chaotic. And it's completely normal. The truth is, what makes it so darn complicated is that food works, or we wouldn't keep doing it. We've learned since we were infants that food is comforting and it's nurturing. So of course it's become a primary coping strategy for us. Now, here's where it gets interesting though. Emotional eating is not about the food itself. It's about the underlying emotions that we're trying to address through food. It's about the stories we tell ourselves, the beliefs we hold and the patterns that we've developed around our eating, all born from past experiences, shifting from feeling very out of control with food and your emotions means that you have to understand what triggers your emotional eating episodes, those past experiences, and then learn a different way to meet your emotional needs that don't always involve food. And you know what? It doesn't mean that you never will eat for emotional reasons again. That's just unrealistic and frankly, not possible. What it means is that when you become more aware of your emotional eating triggers, you can make more compassionate, intentional decisions about how you respond to your emotions. So in other words, food can still be a coping strategy for you, just not the coping strategy. So there's one last point I'd like to make to help us better understand emotional eating. Emotional eating does not discriminate. It's not just a problem for people living in larger bodies, and all large-bodied people are not emotional eaters. Absolutely any human in any size body can be struggling with emotional eating for all the reasons I just talked about. If you identify as an emotional eater, the best way to begin to uncomplicate it is to practice self-compassion. Be understanding with yourself because remember, emotional eating is normal. It's a normal coping strategy. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. And you're not alone. So think about this. If we took all the ways we label emotional eating off the table, like binge eating and overeating, secret eating, even dieting, and asked ourselves, what we really mean when we say, I want a better relationship with food or I want to be a normal eater. I believe the answer is freedom. The freedom that allows you to untangle yourself from the grip of emotional eating and dieting and body hatred and all the relentless cycles of binging and dieting and feeling out of control with food. And freedom from the shame and the guilt that always comes along with emotional eating. Now, I aim to make this podcast and my community membership the pathway to freedom from emotional eating. 
a journey towards self-compassion, self-respect, and a deeper understanding of how to take care of our emotional needs. That's the ultimate self-care. It's also my mission to guide you towards that freedom, freedom from the burden of guilt and shame, freedom from the silent struggles that so many of us face. And it starts with uncomplicating emotional eating. Notice I didn't say end emotional eating or stop it or even overcome it. It's just not necessary or even practical to think that that's possible. Instead, let's delve into all the intricacies, all the complications of emotional eating. Peel back the layers and unravel the complexities. Let's explore new strategies and insights and practical tools to help you develop an easier relationship with food and yourself. Because life is simply too short to keep suffering in silence. I'm reading this book called The Perfectionist Guide to Losing Control by Katherine Morgan Scheffler, because perfectionism certainly comes into play here, but that's for another episode. But there was this one line in particular that jumped out at me really early in the book, and it was, no one can hide their suffering better than a highly functioning perfectionist. Now, I think you can easily drop the word perfectionist and insert emotional eater or even dieter at the end of that sentence, and no truer words would have been spoken because no one can hide their suffering better than a highly functioning emotional eater or dieter. Emotional eaters have suffered in silence for too long. We've let the shame of being an emotional eater overcome us and isolate us from the world, isolate us from our friends and our families and from being social. It's time we stop traveling the solo path and talk about it and uncomplicate it and do it together so that we can have space for living fuller, more real lives. And it's time to shed that cloak of guilt and shame and embrace an entirely new way of nourishing our minds and our bodies. That's the work that I'm going to be doing here on this podcast and over in the Mind, Body, and Plate community membership. We're talking all about it over there. We're challenging ourselves. We're learning exactly how to uncomplicate our own emotional eating behaviors. And we're working towards that, that same goal, freedom, because that's what we all really want from all of this, right? So just know you don't have to go it alone. And if you think that community membership is something that would help you, I would love to have you join us. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes and you'll get all the details and how to sign up. So until next time, keep nourishing your mind, body, and plate with self-compassion and curiosity. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mind, Body, and Plate. Stay tuned for more deep conversations and insights that will empower you on your path to emotional freedom. In the meantime, would you help me spread the word about the Mind, Body, and Plate podcast by leaving a rating and review? Your support means the world to me, and I would be forever grateful. And don't forget, subscribe to the Mind, Body, and Plate Substack page to listen to the show or catch the latest blog posts from me all in one place. All right, I will talk to you soon. And until then, have a super uncomplicated week.